Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode 83. Yeah. 83. Straight I, up. <laughs> I'm just laughing because we just redid our intro. We did the whole episode 80. And then Mike goes, yeah, I, I'm not sure that's the, that's the Yeah, episode. you gave the wrong episode number. And and I didn't want to embarrass you, so we restarted. But hey, here you are you admitting know what? that you messed up it, again it, it, on it, the episode it's number. It's part of our thing. Hey, you uh, know what? Yeah. It's all good. As long as our content that we share is on point, it's okay. That's all we right. get some episode numbers off here and there. It's all right. Hey, because remember, now we're dropping two episodes and we have, uh, what do we call our, our PHP clips that we're PHP dropping clips. on Tuesdays and Fridays. Yeah. So if you haven't been checking us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, hit that bell notification so you get those. And they're basically clips from our archives, which is kind of funny that we say archives. Yeah, but the nice thing about them is they're a more condensed version of stuff we've already talked about. Because when you think about it, we've got, you know, hour and a half, sometimes close to two hour episodes. And hopefully everything we talk about in there is useful. But some sometimes there's like the diamond in the rough or something that's a little more engaging or interesting. And so we're going to be digging through trying to find those. So if you have suggestions of like clips from old episodes that you were like, wow, that was a really you know powerful thing for me or that changed the way I reselled or whatever it is, uh, let us know and we might be able to turn that into a PHP clip. There we go. Maybe we should throw our, do you know what our lowest listened to episode is right now? Is it still the global shipping? It's still the global shipping to this day. Now I don't know if it's relevant anymore, though. It's hundred percent relevant. Is it okay? 100%. Well, I know now, there's been changes. So now I have some thoughts on why. So we, we had talked about, I think two or three updates ago, where people were like messaging me and saying it's too expensive. Da da da. So I think it may have been operator error, at least on my end. So I'll share that a little bit later. But uh, well, there we go. Hey, if you're not selling, I'm not saying global shipping program. If you're just not selling internationally on eBay, you are losing money. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So if you haven't had a chance, check out that episode. Is that episode three? Five, I think. I think it's episode five. <laughs> you know, I just should I should just ask Mike what the episode numbers are. Yeah. So there we go. Hey, I love that somebody made a comment on uh, the fact that you can remember prices of every single item mm-hmm. you've bought yep. from years ago, but you can't remember what episode number it is. It's true. Probably 99% of the time. <laughs> so I did have something this last week where I'm like, yeah, it's been a while, but it's time for it to go. So there I just go. accepted it. So, well, well, here yeah. we are. We're on an update episode. So we got a lot of things going for this episode. Uh, Orlando, how are things going for you? They're good. Uh, I always, you know, I think about how are things in comparison to the previous year, right? You know, not just numbers, but as far as like, what am I doing? Am I, am I hustling as much as last year? Am I not hustling as much because I'm more strategic? So I'm thinking about those things and I was in a different place last year. I remember this time last year, I had all kinds of Toys R Us inventory, like all kinds. So it wasn't difficult for me to send shipments multiple times a week because all I did is went to my storage unit, go, all right, it's time to send this stuff in. I sent that stuff in. Now it's, I have to do, now I did a lot of sourcing, but now I have to do a lot more sourcing. So I'm kind of, I'm struggling a little bit because I'm wondering, okay, am I putting enough? I will say my strategy is a little bit different. And I'm talking about Amazon here for Amazon FBA. Uh, The other side is the merchant fulfilled scenario. That's it, it's kind of tough because you want to get, I think it's by October 14 or 15, one of those dates, 25 orders out. And you can go for the highest, you know, not the highest, the lowest ranking items. But here's the thing if you drop your price so it sells quick, you might sell multiples at one time. All uh, right. And they're looking at number of shipments. 
So I'm just going to throw this out there. I had put uh, Uno cards as mine and I dropped it lowest and I sold nine of them at one time and I lost money. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was all went out as one shipment. So they... Yeah. So yeah. it didn't count towards the metric. So anyways, that's a bummer. Now, I'm sure everybody out there had it figured out and I'm the only one that's done something like mm. that. Right. But if you're that one, I hope I help you out. So what I, what I need to do now is I need to... And I only have so many more days. I need to source things that are more competitive with less sellers because there's certain items that has like 67 sellers. And unless you want to lose a lot of money, like you can't do it. Well, I mean, the other option is you could, you can do them one at a time. Couldn't you, can you do like only put up one Uno pack, put it at the lowest. And as soon as it sells and upload another one. Yeah, you could. I mean, cause that way, cause the nice thing with going for a low sales rank item like that is you're guaranteed to get your fulfillments quickly and you might be losing a few dollars on each one or you know, maybe more, but if that's what you're doing to hit that number that you need to hit to have, be eligible for Merchant Fulfilled, hey, that's just a cost you in business, right? That's an expense. Yeah. At that point, write it off. You're good to go. Yeah. And the only reason I throw that, that's the item out there is that there's so many people out there. Like it's not, you know what I mean? It's, I think it's unwise to go down that road. Yeah. I think it's wise to find another item. Uh, so that's why I expose that bolo. Nice. Okay. Uh, so I got more to share, but uh, just part of it is, Right now, my eBay numbers are higher than they were last year, but I'm not doing as well as I need to be doing on eBay. Amazon keeps cranking. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's, I guess, you know, we talked in the last episode about work-life balance. I guess it's platform balance. Mm. Like where, you know, I like eBay work. And this is going to sound weird. I don't like Amazon work. I feel like it's warehouse work where... Mm. And I could go to a prep center, but then you lose money because you got to pay somebody. But maybe it's worth it. So I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. How about you? Um, man, things are good. So uh, new things in in the household, right? We talked last yep. uh, last episode about my wife leaving work. So uh, the plan originally was, so we're recording this on Sunday. The episode, you're listening to this. If you're listening to it, the day it drops, it's Wednesday. So the original plan was for her to have been done with work the Friday before we recorded. Uh, but they begged her, basically pleaded with her to stay for an extra couple of days in order to get like train somebody up and get them, you know, set up to go for, for, you know, as her replacement. And so she, she allowed, she said, okay, we'll do that. And so Wednesday, the day this releases is her last day of going in, picking up her paycheck. So nice. as you're listening to this, my life has changed and and <laughs> our life time. has changed completely. I feel like we need a soundboard sound, like a celebration oh, sound. Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. We've already experienced because my wife is um, like last week, she took a day off that she had planned to take a day off. And um, it's like little things like kind of the the chores and like the the things that we do together as a family on the weekends that are oftentimes not super exciting that take away from the exciting stuff. She now is going to be doing during the week. And so like weekends already have just been freed for one, sourcing together, listing together, doing the shipping, and then like fun days. So last week we went up to uh, this little mountain town near us called Julian that has apple pies. And then we did some sourcing while we were there. They have some like antique shops and some bookshops. We went into the bookshop and huh. looked for some stuff. So that was fun. And then, uh, you know, just like weekends are going to look different for us. It's still, we're still going to work, but not having like, and we have to go grocery shopping and we have to do this. It's just, I don't know. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this is going to make reselling that much more beneficial. I, I think our business is going to flourish and uh, I'm just super excited for it. Nice. 
So now you're definitely going to be able to 10x, like we said, or at least 4x or 5x. Yeah, or 1x, 2x. I don't know. <laughs> you? Yeah, we should move on from, are we moving on from the Grand Cardone book? Grand Cardone is in the past, but unless but, but, you haven't listened to yes, it yet, yeah, go back and check episode, it out. But I will say, you know, there are some good things in there. You know, I'm looking forward to our next book, you know, Make Your Bed. Yes. Yeah. The link is down in the description. Um, and we might put one more time the uh, the, the video link to uh, his, his speech that he gave. Uh, so it's an admiral who is an ex-Navy SEAL who kind of gives a, a commencement speech and has a book about the same topic. And it like that video has like 9.6 million views, which is pretty incredible for like a college like commencement speech, right? Like that's... Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So um, it's that inspiring. And I really think it's going to be very beneficial for us. So if you want to read along with us and do the level up review, uh, the link for the book is down in the, the description. If you haven't watched his video yet, watch that video. You'll be inspired to get the book. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time for our next level up review. All right. Hey, so how's how's sales been, though? I know you guys have been struggling to get listings up and everything because everything going on. Right? Yeah. They're hopping along. Yeah, I, I would say we've just we've just been like at a consistent level. It's not been as high as we know it could be. Yeah. Um, but it's like perfect timing. So we all know if you do eBay, you know how the game works, right? You start listing a bunch and yeah, it's, I know. it's those I know. sales just start coming in, right? So we're like thinking, all right, we have so much uh inventory reserves. <clears throat> Uh, death piles. We have we have so many items in our inventory reserves. Inventory warehouses. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to be able to probably be pumping out like 20, 25 items a day for the next several weeks. And I can just imagine how those sales are just going to increase. Uh, but for now, like the nice thing is we've just had consistent one or two sales a day. Um, maybe we go a couple days without a sale, but then a big item sells. And so our 60 day total has still been good. Like we look at that and say, and that was part of the thing we decided with her staying home was at the current rate of the 60-day total and how much of that is actual profit versus expenses and how much we need to reinvest to capital, um, th at this number, could we make it work? And if the answer was yes, it's like, oh, just imagine once we uh, yeah. once we go full-time and 10x this. Well, the only reason I ask is because when it's part-time, it's kind of nice that you can kind of take a break and yes. still come in, right? Yeah. And then you pull that love lever and you can make that money. And so... I just, you know, I kind of miss those days a little bit uh, just because it just life was life was different in the sense. That, now, I love being full time. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to go back. But I do miss the, oh, hey, we just got a $200 sale. Yep. Right. And, then and it wasn't like you needed it. It was like bonus. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, it's it wasn't that conversation. Like, oh, that made up for the other day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, OK, now we have an extra $200. What are we going to do with it? Well, we shouldn't reinvest it. But you know what? Maybe we could take just a little bit and mm. and have an extra special, you know, evening or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So so that's good for you. Thank you. Uh, a couple other things I just wanted to share was, and I'll share this in our upcoming episode about Don't Make Time Your Enemy Part 2 about tools, is, uh, and I'll share, maybe I should share this later on, but, you know, I keep saying this, but on social media, like we, we I, I think sometimes we get... <laughs> I think I do get kind of negative about social media and how, you know, it kills the market and, and there's so much sharing, but there's a whole other side. And, you know, we had Latin pickers on and we've had the college picker on. We've had picker, like picker names on there, right? Lots of pickers. Lots of pickers. But I've learned so much. And I will tell you the business now is so different than it was last year. And it's, I would say probably 60 to 70% do uh, to social media in the sense of I was able to connect with people. So for instance, 
you know, I, I went sourcing uh, last week uh, with uh, So Quick, Ship Quick, and we're doing FBA and we were bouncing ideas off each other. And it's so crazy how what they source and what I source are two different worlds. Mm. Now, eventually, now when we get into Q4, the worlds are going to meld and we're going to be sourcing a lot of the same items. But they had learned from other people on social media. I have learned from other people on social media. We have learned from each other. And so, you know, and I, I always recommend this. You know, we had talked about sharing is bad, but there's a part where if you have, I would say, an inner circle, right? If you have a, like Mike and I will share bolos with each other uh, that we don't always share on the podcast. You should have people within your inner circle that you're willing to share. I'm not talking about paid group. Paid groups could work too. I mean, I know a lot of people that do paid groups. But if you have people that you can have confidence in, you know, it definitely can go a long way in helping you grow your business, right? Just people that can give you like that outside, you know, suggestion. I, I think Aladdin Pickers, you know, as a result of them, uh, maybe they should have had affiliate links. But, you know, I ended up getting uh, a scanner. I'm now on Inventory Lab. Uh, I do have a Dymo label maker, which I probably would have gotten a zebra, but I ended up getting the Dymo because at the moment I wasn't able to get a zebra right away. And so I picked one up and I got to tell you, uh, prepping shipments for Amazon is so much easier. And if my stubborn self had just listened to people tell me over the years, like me, like you, but I just, you know, you also, I, I need a, not that I didn't trust you, but Latin Pickers had like the years of experience and had done it and they knew the system in and out. My, I, I, I only had like a couple of feelers left and you just like really bruised one of them. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things you need people to, I need people to be one-on-one -on -one with me and go, Orlando, here it is. This is how you go through it. And when they had, you know, taken the time to help, I go, you know what? I never thought of that. Right. And there's things I never had seen before. And so I just think about, you know, this Q4, I think it's really important. And we'll share it. We're probably going to drop some a Q4 episode in a few weeks, too, about thinking, all right, who are those people that can, I don't want to say speak into your life, but uh, be the soundboard, you know, when you're trying to move forward. Because if you're just doing things by yourself, there is safety in that. But I will tell you, doing it on your own, there's a lot of things, that, a lot of blind spots you're going to miss. So I don't know. It's just been encouraging to be able to connect. And, you know, I'm going to be doing some more sourcing up in L.A. And it's going to be great. And it's going to part of the reason is because everybody brings something to the table. So I like anyways, it. Thoughts I'd like to share. Yeah. I like it. Let's go to random stories. Random stories. All right. What do you got? Um, I am a fool. I'm a foolish man. So just talking about... uh. You not listening to a me foolish man. when I offered or when I suggested multiple times to pick up the Dymo. You've mentioned multiple times to me that I should go through our um, go through our Instagram feed and go through our Instagram stories and kind of use that as a marker of like what's happened around oh, this yeah. time in the past. And I always nod my head and say, yeah, it's a great idea. People should be doing that. Uh, but I don't do that. Part of it is because I'm not on Instagram as much as, as you are. So there's not as much content <laughs> from me. Time, yeah. right? uh, but I remember one of the stories I did right around this time last year was me driving home from a, a, a community garage sale and saying it was the worst. It was terrible. Um, I needed to learn about like more vintage stuff because basically I just went out into old cowboy town with a bunch of people selling junk and none of it was like the stuff that I know. And I don't even think 
and there I'm sure there's stuff I miss, but even like just looking around, it's like there's just it's junk, right? Like the, none of this is unless like I know what I'm looking for, like a very rare antique something. And so I see a community garage sale on Craigslist. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like it's not too far for me. So I know where this is going. And I drive out there and immediately I, I pull up to where <clears> that you pick up the maps and I, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the exact same one. And I was like, well, I already drove out here and you know, maybe this year it'll be different. So I pick up my map and I get in my car and I'm thinking, well, please be better. It wasn't better. There was like, there, there was a lot of houses. There's like 35 houses. I remember that story. I remember exactly the camera angle. You're yep. in your car. Yep. Camera's looking up at yep. you and just saying, that was bad. I think you had like a giphy of an old lady that yep. scene. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That was my video. And, uh, oh my goodness. And let me tell you, if I would have watched and seen like, oh, that I went to that thing and it was bad because man, it was bad. And I was like, I almost did like a Instagram video, like, hey, look, there's a map. Like, that's always a good sign. But I knew I was like, oh, no, there's 30 some houses participating. This is still terrible. Um, I got a couple of things um, while I was out. You know, it wasn't a total failure. Um, one of the nice things I was at a house and I picked up two starter uh, San Diego Chargers sweaters. Oh, nice. That's exact, so the exact same um, size, mm-hmm. the same model. So it's going to be one listing which would be nice. And I could put two of them and I picked them up for a dollar each. Oh, that's nice. That's it's still really a good nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a total fail. I picked up um, a PS2 for pretty inexpensive. I picked up a calculator that I'll probably make like 40 bucks on. So it wasn't like a, like a zero day, but overall it was, it was a wasted day. So that was a bummer. <laughs> but it, I'm glad now you will go to our archives. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the benefits of, and, and, and even for me to like, t- to document more, and be specific and say like, hey, this is the one I went to and these are the houses that like, I don't want to give exact addresses, but yeah. like, you know, this neighborhood was good or it wasn't good or, you know, hey, like make sure to be early because it actually starts at this time and, you know, document that somewhere, whether it's on Instagram or something. Um, some some of it might not be relevant, so I won't put it on Instagram like publicly, but I think it's important to document because, yeah, if you find somewhere great, you want to be there again the following year or if you know an area or if you go somewhere and it's terrible, you need to remember because a lot of these places have annual sales and some of them were the exact same houses. And I'm like pulling up and I'm like, I remember this house and I remember I bought a mug from this house and all their stuff was junk. And I, the person talked to me for like 35 minutes and I couldn't get them to stop talking to me. I just drove past the house, right? Like, so yeah, um, do that, do that. Um, archive your memories and your experiences somewhere, put them somewhere so that you can kind of go back through years later and say like, like you've even talked about sales, right? Like certain places have sales at certain times. So um, I should have done it. I should have listened to you. I didn't listen to you. What can you do? It's okay. You you only make errors every once in a while. So yeah, I mean, it's, right. it's almost never. I'm pretty much perfect. <laughs> so when I make mistakes, you know, I can deal with it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's interesting because I kind of had a similar scenario, but it worked out to my advantage. So there was, it's so funny because... I are we talking about yesterday? Yeah. Okay. So it, here's the thing. So I go back and forth on community. I used to be so big on community garage sales. And I think they're still better than the onesie twosies here and there. But the problem is, number one, the competition is so intense. Fierce, man. I mean, it it, it really in San Diego. I'm telling like people will stop their car in the middle of the street, like just jump out. 
and people are just grabbing. I mean, it's like you're moving. Mm. I can't. It's it's like if Black Friday had garage sales, it's kind of like like that. Especially when you go to the self enclosed uh, subdivisions yep. where there's one gate. It's yep. really intense. Intense. So I noticed that there was one happening, but then I was like, uh, you know, I've driven out to this one before. Mm-hmm. And it didn't pan out. Do I really want to go out? Because there's always this FOMO of, okay, I've been to this one. Do I really want to go out there again? But maybe there's new stuff. Maybe yep. there's different people, right? And But a lot of times it is the same houses. Like, that's what I've noticed. No, yeah, like, I know. You, you don't, don't not go because there are going to be new people and new stuff. But a lot of times it's the same people every year participating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if they had, you know, and and it's like, unless they landed some, some kind of money, they're not going to have a whole bunch of other good stuff mm-hmm. the following year. Right. So I passed on it and I said, you know, I'm not going to go to this one. <sighs> Thank goodness. <laughs> we would have been, we, and here's the thing, Mike and I would have been competing for the same stuff. Now, throw it back a little bit. I didn't share this and I'll get back to the random story. Two weeks ago, remember, I decided not to go to garage sales. Yep. You were, uh, you were doing inventory, right? Yeah. I was going to fix everything. So I did. Did you say you were going to or you I did? was going to. So, uh, okay. I did. I did fix a lot of things. I I took a lot of things outside of my place. Uh, actually, after the recording of this podcast, I'm going to go home and I'm going to remove all the top of the kitchen cabinet items and put them in a box and move them. That's a good idea. Now, you should you should separate your living space from your. Uh... Now, that box might be a death pile that sits somewhere, but it's not going to sit in my kitchen anymore. And and part of it is uh, I, I actually hired a, a housekeeper. Nice, good. For you. I used to have one. It was very, very beneficial. Which it's kind of it's kind of funny because growing up we had one, mm. but my parents were they were doing pretty well, mm. and so I always thought like you get a housekeeper, you get somebody that cleans your house if you're like well off, right? Right, it has that's that what, stigma for sure? That's what I thought, uh-huh. right? And then I've had people again. If you guys haven't caught, I'm one of the most stubborn people like on the face of this planet. Yeah, you got to tell them a few times. So, so I more than a few times. You probably have, you have to have like a walk walk through with me about why you should do something. And he has to hear it from multiple people. Like, like if he, if if one person tells him, he'll just like he'll nod his head and then not do it and say he doesn't agree. And then by the third person, he'll say, "Okay, I did it now." And I'm like, "No, you know, listen, you got to you got to do the first." I might go, "You might be right," and the next time it's okay. You're right. Well, anyways. So I had, you know, I had a couple of friends suggesting like, hey, Orlando, we know, think about think about the cost benefit, right? Yep. You're going to spend eight to 10 hours a week, attempt to clean your place. And it still may not be to where it needs to be. And on top of that, you could be sourcing, you could be listing, you know, think about the math. And so eventually I got to a place where I was like, I'm done. I'm so sick of trying to catch up with this. And, and, you know, I brought somebody over and, and, you know, they looked through the place and, you know, it's funny when you clean before the house cleaner shows up. Oh gosh. That's like, that's like you're going to the dentist and so you do extra good brushing yes. your teeth and flossing. So you're like, go to the dentist. I'm going to, I'm going to trick them. So my place was probably the cleanest I had been in a long time for the house cleaner and um, the housekeeper. And anyways, I, I share all this because I, I didn't, organize everything how I should have, but I took steps to eventually have my living space back because what what happened is when I went and I'm still in that place, I don't plan on having people over a lot mm. just because I'm just hustling, 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 hustling. And I don't, I, I, I want to do this for two years. Like I want to go full fledged two years, build up the business. But 
you know, I, I'm at a place where I'm like, you know, it, it'd be good. You know, it'd be good. So hire the housekeeper. It's going to save me time. Yep. And it's funny because, you know, the housekeeper's like, all right, so you need to be gone this amount of hours. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm definitely going to be sourcing during sourcing, that time. Yeah. Right. So you just got to be strategic about it. Anyways, I, I share all that because, yes, did I do some organization of inventory? I did. Did I do it at the level I wanted to? No. Mm. So I still need to, you know, put custom skew labels, fix all that. Okay. Anyways, I, that's a rabbit trail, but I thought I'd share that because we didn't talk about that in the update. No, that's good. I think, I think too, and my wife has mentioned multiple times, like every time you mention a house cleaner, like I'd never like sit, give my experience with it. But yeah, I mean, there is a stigma of like having a house cleaner is like a bougie thing to do. You know what I mean? Like it's too fancy and too, but like realistically, it may or may not work for you with your finances. But like, I just think about it as like, getting your car wash, right? You could go outside and wash your car yourself oh, or yeah. you could drive through a car wash place and you spend five bucks and it's like, was that worth the time that it would have taken me to get out the bucket and get the stuff? And the, it's the same thing with the house cleaner and you're giving somebody a job and you're paying them and there's actually apps out there that are similar to like Uber for like house cleaning. You can like hire somebody that you know through reference and it's a beneficial thing because what you're doing is you're saying, hey, my time could be better spent somewhere else and they're, you know, good at what they're doing with this. And so everybody benefits from it. And yeah, if you have the time and, and maybe you don't have the budget for a house cleaner, but if you do, that's just one of those things like going back to our uh, don't make time your enemy, you've got to find the areas in your life. Maybe it's that, maybe it's something else, but where can you buy time back where you're, you're paying for something, right? Whether it's a house cleaner, whether it's getting your car washed, whether it's meals that are already made, whatever it is, you're paying for a service, but the cost benefit analysis, can you actually make more with that time uh, that you are buying? And no, sometimes I, you can. It's so funny you bring up car washes. That's something I didn't, I should have connected it to. But so years ago, I used to be into, uh, <laughs> this is just going to add to who Orlando is. I used to be into the low riding car scene. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. And, you know, every, before we went crazy. What, what color was your car? I, it, it was a TL64 Impala back in the day. And I had an 82 Cadillac. Anyways. Back in the day, back in the day, I I, can, I won't go down that road anymore. I'm not. We need pictures. That that would have been like guru Put guru videos. In the, Put pictures know? in the uh, in the description. Have my rims spinning, you know. Anyways, so <laughs> I didn't even get. Here's the thing: before I even got to rims on my Impala, my car got stripped. Like while I was working loss prevention in the parking lot of where I was working loss prevention. Somebody stripped my car of like my stereo, uh, my my baseball. So whose fault? I, I say that's one hundred percent your fault. I mean, you're the one no, okay. for preventing no, loss. No, my the loss happened. Do I want to share the story? My okay, it was my fault, and this is why I'll say it was my fault. Not because I don't even know if I want to share this story. Okay, I'll share it. All right. So there is this. I just so not podcast related, but some people like stories, so we'll share the story. So there's this, you know, ultra uber good looking girl that worked at the la la. at the makeup counter and so uh she needed a ride home that evening it was like i think it was like 1 a.m or something and you know i thought i'd flex a little bit i don't know what you called it i don't know if you called it flexing so you know I, I had everything hidden in my car so like in order to get to my stereo system you had to open the glove box and my stereo system was in there because everything looked like it was 1964 right but in the trunk i had my 12 inch speakers and a plexiglass box and i had everything insulated and you know Base was kicking. Yeah. And so I should have not flexed. I should have not shown her anything. Now, did I know it, you know, and I knew she had a boyfriend who was kind of a, 
Shady character? Yeah. And you gave her a ride home? I gave her a ride home. She was it's really, your fault. She was really pretty. So now I'm not saying it was connected, but I- You're saying it's connected. I'm okay. All right. I am. I think it was 100% connected because no one knew- you know, when I was exactly when I was working, no one knew where my car was parked. No one knew what I had. Like, to know all that information, right? You had to, you could, it was probably her, you know? And like, she probably, my thoughts are she had a conversation and, and, you know, when she was at work one day, hey, Orlando's in, car's parked over there. You know, this is when he's, 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 he just arrested somebody. Uh, he just, I apprehended someone. You know, he's busy, he's tied uh -huh. up, right? And that's what happened. And I remember it was the saddest. It was so sad, Mike. So sad. I mean, I had, luckily they didn't, they didn't steal my Impala because I had a kill switch put in by, it could have been this guy too, a former mm. car thief. Mm. But he knew how, you know, how people stole cars and he knew where they're located. And he was like a reformed guy. So mm. I don't think it was him. So they literally took out my 12 inch box. They took, remember Rockford Fosgate? Remember those were like the speakers back uh -huh. in the day? Okay. So the, I had that. I had, a Kenwood amp and I had, you know, I had, I, it was, it was nice and everything was stripped. Like my, they knew exactly in the glove box where they knew where my, I think I had a 12 to CD changer was hidden. They knew where everything was hidden. Right. Cause I, you know, I showed her what I had in the car. And so anyways, yep. so, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap that back around to resound for you. Well, I, <laughs> I know that that has affected you because I mean, hopefully you're okay with me sharing this, but yeah. like you've, you showed me your your storage unit and some stuff you had, and like kind of your method. And I know you were concerned with like, yeah, I want to keep the storage like this down. I don't want people to see because, and those experiences have like caused you to mm -hmm. be more cautious with even reselling, which might be part of the reason you're like, don't share bolos, right? Like not just the practical. <laughs> Are you looking aspect. at my family of origin? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, you know, when you have experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you've been burned in the past, like yeah. you're going to be more cautious with your stuff and showing, I mean, even with me at our house with our, the stuff we were reselling, it was all in our garage. And so we would lift up our garage to come into the house. Like it was an automatic garage door. And we'd, we'd hit the garage door. We'd sort of come in, but we shared an alley and a lot of our neighbors were in the same alley so they could see our garage. And we had these, the shelving units, the racks, with stuff, especially during Q4, they were like I remember just you telling me this. full of toys, right? It's like toys, 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 toys. And so we were like a couple of days of like opening up the door and like looking in. We're like, our garage looks crazy, right? Like all of these super hot toys that people are looking for. And we've got neighbors and people that we don't know. We don't talk to. We don't know anything about them are in the alley, like, you know, outside smoking and drinking and hanging out. And they're like looking in our garage. Like, I think you wanted the kid going. Ryan's egg. Yeah, that's what I want, right? <laughs> so we we ended up covering up all of our stuff with like tarps and uh, and sheets and stuff. So when we opened the garage door, it was just like stuff was covered. But yeah, I mean, you've got it. You do have to be careful with with you know when you're sourcing store to store. What's in your back? I always use a moving blanket. I have a moving blanket that I keep in the back of my car, and you can get them, you know, Harbor Freight or wherever cheap. I I got this one for four dollars, and it's huge. And anytime I have hot item stuff. I'm going garage sales. I just throw that moving blanket over stuff and you can't tell what's in the car. Uh, so maybe you have suggestions, our listeners, of ways that you prevent people from seeing the stuff you're sourcing to protect the stuff in your car, at your house. Uh, what do you do? Let us know. We Okay. So I wasn't even going to talk about that. All I was going to say was I used to spend hours cleaning cars, mm. right? Because you detail, like yep. you clean the rims, you clean the interior, you clean everything. And I recognized two years ago, I would spend four or five hours, and this is on my Honda Pilot that I would do this. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, it was such a, such a waste of time, yeah. right? I mean, I'm not even cruising in this car. Yeah. I'm just, but it was just something that was part of me. And then I go, I realized that, you know what? 
there's a car wash that I can pay $20 a month and they'll do a full, like it's not going to be detailed, but it'll clean everything uh-huh. and have access to the vacuums and all. And I did it. And I will tell you, I've saved so many hours for my life. Yep. So this is kind of this other episode that we're going to have. But again, you got to think about cost benefit analysis. You might go like, oh, that's a, you're right. It's such a bougie. It's such a waste of time to drop the 20 or drop the hundred dollars a month, whatever it is. But if it's going to allow you to grow your business and, and if you can make more money doing other things during that time, I definitely encourage it. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Oh, wow. What a st- I, I didn't even think we we're going to talk about any of that. Hey, I felt like I gave a piece of my soul sharing that. That was such a dark moment in my life. Now, now you know us specifically, Orlando, a little more. You, you, you can kind of you'll have a little bit more sympathy for you know who he is and and his experiences. Oh, I, I wish I had that sixty four, but that's for another time. Wow. I sold it right away after that because I let my emotions get the best of me. All right, all right. Boom. You got anything else? I got one more story. Oh man, you're a story man today. No, well, this is we need to have like like. Story hour with Orlando. No, because this is this is a. I thought this was funny, and maybe the audience might not think this is funny. But so, do you remember? Uh, this is going to relate to Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week and Grant Cardone's book, also, where they both talk about we always think worst case scenario. Yep. Right, and that that keeps us, you know, in this like state of fear. Uh-huh. So this is a funny one where I went worst case scenario on this, and we'll talk about where it landed, but. So I got to give you some background to the story. So when I go sourcing in LA, I, I crash at uh, Hugo and Tiffany's place and they have these uh, certain uh, Glade plug-in, like it makes the place smell nice, right? And a certain scent. And I, I, I love it. So I ended up, I actually bought the wrong one and my place smelled terrible. And my son's like, get rid of it, dad. Like, this is terrible. I don't know. Are you sensitive to certain smells? Yeah, there's there's some smells specifically with those Glade plugins. They come sometimes in multiple packs at Costco, and one of them smells delicious, and the other one smells like nasty. So. Yeah, so I bought they. It's actually they had the Airwicks at Costco, uh-huh. and it wasn't the Glade, and so I put it in, and I'm like, okay, maybe we'll live with this. And it was bad. My son's like, get rid of it. So when I went sourcing to their place, I I asked them, and it was, I got the exact same one, and I put it in my house. So my house, you know, smelled good, and. I the other thing I learned at their place is that they their their place is like uh, man I'm sharing so much about your place. I hope you're okay with this Hugh and Tiffany but I call, it's like an operating room you know how operating rooms have like full on lights uh-huh. right it's kind of like super bright in here and there's something there's it has to be something to do with and I don't know if there's studies but maybe there probably is that the brighter a place is the more work you're willing to do hmm. right because at my place I keep it really dim it's kind of like if you're watching a movie kind of dim. Right. Right. But I noticed that once like nine or 10 o'clock hits, like I'm not as productive. So I remember when we'd go sourcing out there, we would be cranking out FBA shipments at two or three in the morning. Like it was six in the afternoon or six in the evening. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bring some lights down. So my place smells nice. I have some lights down. And so, you know, I've been texting back and forth with Hugo and I sent him a text and I'll read, I just, I'll just read the text. So I don't miss any part of the story. So if you're a reseller, if you're a reseller, you'll understand this better. So I sent him this text. <laughs> oh, I can't stop laughing about this. Um, and it was basically about how things were and what I was planning to do. And I accidentally sent it to 
the wrong person. So let me read this. All right. So I don't have it here because I was so I actually I don't I never sent it to Hugo. I sent it to this other person, and I said, "Hey, just to let you know, my place smells like yours. The lights are bright, and I'm ready to be productive." Now I sent this to an older married lady who was one of my teachers at 11.03 in the evening. So my mind was going, oh my. Oh like man. I read this, I read it out loud and I go, this can go, and you know, we're going to keep this PG, but this can go really bad. Well, I just want to clarify when you say, if you're a reseller, this makes more sense. I have I, I don't I don't know if, if ever sending somebody a text that says my place smells like yours, I'm ready to be productive. Like I don't think like like yeah, I'm a reseller, I get that. That makes sense. Like that's a weird thing to text anybody. Okay, like, but but texting Hugo, it made sense. Because, maybe because they know because they understand. Like we had we were having this discussion, they got it, right? right? And I did put in the text glade, like in parentheses. Okay, so they understood. Yeah, that's that's a little uh but, that's a little uh <laughs> I don't know. So I said a little weird, no matter how well, you, I started, no matter how you spin it. I started freaking out because I'm like, I read it, I go, oh man, like what if what if her husband like reads this text? My place smells like yours. And not only that, I said glade winky face emoji parentheses right i'm ready to be productive like it was like the uh, the guns emoji right the um the flexing emoji nice. <laughs> you know and i was like and so i'm like oh no like so right away i like i delete the text from my text as if it was gonna delete from hers oh god do you know what i mean like it's not gonna you do that panic mode yeah i was in panic mode right because you know like when you send emails you can like retract emails uh. sometimes you can't do it on text. Just because I deleted on mine, didn't delete on hers. That's funny. So I'm like, oh no! And I was a private school administrator, right? And how? What is the what? What does this look like? That's funny. right. And if 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 and you know who you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're dying now because you know you're. This is the first time you're hearing the other side of what happened. Because I'll share with that later. So. And you know this gets in the community, like, hey, Orlando. You know, I go. Well, where can this go, right? So I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't. You just send an apology text, like it's like, yeah, hey, sorry, no. wrong person. Well, no, no, okay. Well, I did immediately. I said, sorry, not intended for you. Then you have a good laugh, and then it's all well, good. Well, so then, but you know, what didn't help is I, I immediately like Facetime Hugo and Tiffany. I'm telling them the story, and they're dying laughing. They're like, well, luckily you didn't say like, you know, I got the camera set up, and like it could have gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could have gone so many different ways. Well, so I talk about, you know, people think worst case scenario. So she just texts me back and goes, hey, we're having an awesome time. We're out here in Deutschland. Like my my husband's riding the motorcycle out in the Alps. And it was like 9.03 in the morning. And and she said, haha, yeah, I know. I can't stand like late, you know, my place. And, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, she didn't take it at all in that way. Just me in my, you know, eleven oh three in the evening panic mode. Thought worst case scenario. Yeah, I have a I have a story, and I'll save it for another podcast, just because I um, don't want to overload this one with stories. But I have a, a a texting the wrong person something story, which is was probably the worst moment, one of the worst moments in my entire life. In your life, it's it's up there for sure. Like I've I've never felt so terrible than like this was really bad, and so. 
yeah, let us know if you're a listener and you've got a story of texting the wrong person, somebody, something, and how did it go? Put it in the comments. Let us know. Um, you know, it's it's nice to know that you're not the only one because I think we've all done that. So. See, and I've always been like, I don't understand how people do that. Like, can't you see? And it, it, happens. And it, happened. it happened. And now I am humbled forever and I totally get how it can happen. There we go. I mean, oh, man. Anyways, all right. Are, are we, <laughs> I think you've been yeah. ready to move on. All right, we got some reseller topics. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to touch on this just a little bit because this is kind of old news, right? I mean, should we have done a response? Like, should we have like yeah. stopped everything and shown up in the studio? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Okay, but we didn't. We didn't. Okay, all right. So we, you know, people have shared this and there's so many videos out there about, you know, eBay CEO, Devin Wenig resigning. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I've got multiple thoughts. Um, one of them is that's the nature of businesses. I, I've noticed that the higher the higher up typically you go in a business, the the faster the turnaround. Now, of course, the very lowest levels of business, there's there's oftentimes, you know, a revolving door, people coming through. But once you get to the mid-levels, a lot of times people are lifers at companies. Management, middle management, that type of stuff. Once you move up to like CEO, VPs of companies. I feel like they cycle quickly. And part of that is a problem with just the market in general because people come in, they make promises, they try and do something and then it doesn't work out or the board is unhappy with it. And so they're, I want to say they're almost more replaceable. Now, certain CEOs of companies are kind of iconic and that's not the case, but it's very, there's like a revolving door, especially like the VP and, and CEO levels of, of companies. So I'm not overly shocked. And I'm, that because of that, I'm not overly like, panicked of like, the sky's collapsing, like eBay is going under. I do think though that, you know, some of the things that that come out like eBay open, we loved it. We loved his presentation, everything that he said, but then there were things that were like, I don't know if this is like the best direction for eBay, especially because, you know, in my opinion, I feel like eBay might be pushing a little hard to be like Amazon, right? Like just to be Mm -hmm. realistic. And I looked up the numbers. I should, I should pull it up, but like, the the market capital of Amazon versus the market capital of eBay, it's not even close, not even close. And so I think the push to be something you're not might've been part of the problem. And I don't know exactly what it was that the the board didn't approve of like the, the direction they were going. But, you know, I think, I think eBay, I hope that whatever CEO comes in and takes over realizes what eBay is, the potential of being something different, something better, because eBay is this amazing platform and there really is nothing like it. There are things that are similar that sell used stuff. There's OfferUp, Craigslist, there's Mercari, there's all these things. But eBay is the giant in its field. And I think that if it recognizes that and innovates in its own sphere, like that nothing but good will come from that. So I just hope that whoever that replacement is uh, we'll move eBay in that direction, but I'm not on the board, so I don't get any say on that. What are your thoughts? Multiple. I, I just, you know, I, I when I saw that happened, I was sad in the sense that I can I can relate in because I was a VP, right? And I I resigned myself, and so I had my own experience that I brought to the table and thinking of that. And granted, I wasn't the CEO of a multi billion dollar company. All right, I was a vice principal at a school, but I thought about. You know, it's very hard to be in a position of leadership where you're trying to please everyone, right? And and the hard part about it is, you know, I, I dropped these, I dropped this on Instagram a few, a couple of days ago, 
Uh, it'll be a few days by the time the podcast drops. But, you know, 80, and I got to correct what I said before. I said that we were about 2% of the market, you know, those that resell and use goods. I, I think it's more. That's the, the stat that eBay has in their investor page is that 80% are new items, right? So I don't know if that means that maybe 10% are refurbished and maybe, you know, uses even, you know, still around the 2%. I'm not sure. But you have 80%, right? And then you have, you know, you have investors that come in with their own agenda. And some people I had spoken that uh, the board and Devin Wenig had already had kind of, you know, a little bit of conflict in January based on reports that were shared. And so I thought about that. And the first thought I had was, yes, like you said, no matter what happens, like eBay will continue to function. So it doesn't mean like, oh, jump ship from eBay. It doesn't mean that, you know, sales are going to drop. It doesn't mean that people are going to lose interest. Like the reality is most people aren't even going to care, right? The, the the millions of buyers on eBay, it's probably a small fraction that are aware of that, right? Because Devin Wenig resigning, right, is only going to be, it was only on the news for like one or two days, yep. right? The other part of it is, you know, people have their speculation about why, you know, there was conflict or why did he resign and did he know? And I can tell you from my experience and the experience of others. So it's funny in the, in the private school world, the ongoing joke is that administrators do not last more than three years. I lasted five. And, uh, could I have been there more? Sure. If I had, you know, if I wanted to do things in a certain way and, and, you know, I kind of was okay with a certain direction of things. I probably would have felt more comfortable and not stepped away. But no, I, I kind of had my my own thing and I was lined up with other leadership that I chosen to move away to. And here's the thing with boards, whether they're in business, whether they're in, in education, whatever they are, you have so many different individuals, right? They're made up of individuals that you never will really no, right? Because usually boards have certain people are there like the yes people, like, hey, we'll do whatever we think. You have other people that question, but ultimately they go with the group. And then you have really powerful board people that show up on the scene. And so from what I understand that there were certain powerful people on the board and uh, they were new and they wanted certain changes and and that, you know, the CEO didn't necessarily agree with that. And we don't know what those are. I mean, a lot of people will talk about, maybe it was a promoted listing. Some people have used the term that, you know, Devin Wenig was more about taxing sellers and looking for ways to expand buyers and so on. But again, we, and it's other people talk about, it's about the stub up thing and all these other things that we never talk about on the podcast, yeah. but we never will know. Right. So you can't go with the unknown. I can tell you when I, when I stepped away, People had all kinds of theories. People still have theories about, you know, this is why Orlando stepped away or this is what happened and da, da, da. And, you know, the reality is probably 99% of what people have come up with, with the, the conspiracy theories have been off. Some of them have been close, but they've been off. Right. And I think it's better to focus on what you do know. And what you know is that you have a business to run and that ultimately hoping that you will have a CEO that is, you know, and I think I personally got from, we didn't, you know, we kind of knew Devin from afar. I mean, we did accidentally walk we walked into, in on the room. We walked he was in, having a meeting in, which we, now I wish like we would have just been like, yo, what's up? Cause like, you know, he was gone. We're, we were more long-term in eBay than he was. Like, if you think about it, like 
we're more eBay. That is that is true. That is true. But here's the thing. You know, a lot of people will go like, oh, he knew he didn't. You, you don't know. Like there are some people I know that they plan on being somewhere for 30 years and it just took a an event, 24 hours of discussion. And it was over. Other people had planned their escape six months earlier. Like you don't know. But again, what you do know is that eBay is continuing. Like you said, is this giant in the field? It's still the, I believe the best place to sell used goods. Yeah. And, you know, we've gone through those of you that forget about pre Devin Wenig. I mean, there were some things that were terrible. Like Mike wasn't even around. And those of you have been around for a little bit. Remember when we had those metrics about INADs and uh, individuals, like if they didn't like something that your metrics could be affected. And if, you know, something wasn't as described, it was actually worse. And it didn't matter if you're a top rated seller I mean, it was pretty bad. And when Devin came in, a lot of those things went away, mm. right? But then other things like pay-per-click that we didn't like. But Send Offer came in, which was awesome, yeah. right? Uh, Mua came in, which was awesome. Like, there's a lot of good things that came in. And so ultimately, we won't really know, but we get a function in what we do know. Yeah, yeah that's good. And going back, just I pulled up the numbers. Um, eBay's market capital value is $32 billion. That's amazing. That's it's a big company. That's huge. Uh, Amazon is eight hundred and sixty billion, and but and that's not just selling. That's data. That's everything. Right? No, that's no, that's that's the value of the company. Yeah, yeah that's so, what I mean. Th- yeah, yeah. So it's market. Yeah, eBay's just a marketplace, but Amazon. No, no. I mean, eBay's so other things. things too, right? So like, like you just mentioned StubHub. So like, eBay is a company. Everything that they own, mm-hmm. like their value is is thirty thirty two billion. Amazon is eight hundred and sixty billion. Poshmark is thinking about going public here pretty soon. Um, they had an estimated of 150 million in revenue. Um, so when you look at the differences there, it's like eBay isn't even close, not even close to Amazon. And so, but what it is, is compared to something like Poshmark, and I'm assuming Mercari is probably similar and all these other, it, it dominates. It's, it's a huge. Still, it's, it, yeah. it is. So instead of saying, hey, we're going after this thing that's different from us, because yeah, Amazon is so many other things and it does the selling, but it does all of these other things. It's like, hey, how can we be the used platform and do used platform better and different and, and market that in ways that that is is better? And so I think that's just kind of my takeaway is um, I hope that whatever CEO they bring in sees eBay as, I mean, they say all the right stuff, right? Like they don't compete with their buyers. They don't, but instead of, comparing themselves to Amazon, it's like, okay, like how can we, going back to Grant Cardone, like how can we be different in our field unlike anybody else? The unfair advantage. Yeah. How can you have an unfair advantage? How can you innovate, go where none of your other competitors are going? Uh, and I think a big part of that is going to be marketing to um, the the millennial and Gen Z future resellers and buyers just to bring more people in. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. All right. So I think we've had our discussion about the CEO and, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. Now, there's other moves that are being made. And you had mentioned Poshmark and how they're at, what you say, 150 million? Value? Yeah, that was their um, that was their estimated revenue that they brought in last year, at least that I read in an article. So I'm not sure. They're not when public are they yet. Are they, is there like a date that they're thinking of going It said, public? according to the Wall Street Journal, it was potentially fall of 2019. So coming up soon. So right now. Yeah. So... I mean, that might be something to be thinking about, um, you know, if you're if you're interested in stocks. But I mean, 
you also have to believe in a company. So what are our thoughts on Poshmark right now? They just had Poshfest, right? So there's a few things. I I, I don't know. You know, it's, I'm going to, I'm reconsidering. Uh, you know, I had mentioned I'm not going to cross post. Remember mm-hmm. I said that? And I think I still may not, at least for now. I, I, I do think once Q4 is over and things slow down, I definitely believe in January, I'm going to go all in on cross posting. I think right now I'm just in this place and I'm super busy. The reason I say that is because, you know, I do think that Poshmark is growing. I don't know how big they're going to go, right? And, you know, I, I always question their their low rate on shipping. Like, I really believe there's some kind of venture no, capitalist. They're, no, there's, they're, no, they're losing no, money. No, they're not. See, that's the thing, though. You're wrong. Like, <laughs> and here's, here's, and I'm only saying this because I know how it works. And you know, because... We've got the shipping deal that we have that through yeah. friends of ours, right? Yeah. And we've given it to you a couple of times. When you have, and, and we sell, the company that, that we're getting that deal through sells like a fraction of the amount of shipping that goes yeah. through something like Poshmark or eBay. So realistically, what's happening with eBay, and I know this because we were talking about it at eBay, at one of the tables, you weren't there, but I was with one of the eBay reps and we were talking about shipping and their, their discounts for shipping eBay has a negotiated deal. When you're buying USPS labels off of eBay, they have a negotiated deal with, with the USPS. They are not passing 100% on to that, of that deal to you. They are only passing like 10% of that deal to you. And they, part of their net profit is that deal they're negotiating. So part of what you're paying on shipping is going into the bottom line of it's eBay. Like kickback, yeah. So if Poshmark is passing that deal 100% on to the customer, that's why it's so cheap. So it's not, they're not losing money on shipping. They're just passing on the negotiated deal. Yeah, I just, okay, I'll give you why I say these things. Number one is, I think you may be right in the sense that if that's the case and eBay probably should renegotiate. No, no, right? they, they, they don't want to, they've got a good deal. They're just not passing it to us. But that's what I mean. And so one of the ways, and maybe it doesn't matter, but one of the ways, I, I and we get a lot of DMs and we get comments on some of the posts that, they wish that eBay would do shipping like Poshmark, right? And so I could see that, especially after this last shift that happened with the first class mail. I mm-hmm. mean, I sent the first class and it's like five something, mm-hmm. right? Where how much would it be on Poshmark? Well, Poshmark, the thing is, if it's under five pounds, any box going USPS, it's six ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. But the buyer pays always, right? The buyer pays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can negotiate it later yeah. on. The other, the other thing is, you know, Mercari. So. Mercari, when it first came out, right, there were no fees, zero, mm. zero fee. Okay, zero fees. Yeah, they're like, trying to build up a, a customer right? base. Okay, yeah. and so now Mercari, I think it's ten percent, right? Mm-hmm. Poshmark is twenty percent. That, that's that, a lot. That's a lot. Yep. I mean, especially when you start selling higher priced items, mm-hmm. it really begins to add up. And so that's that's the only reason I say that Poshmark may be losing money because they're attempting. To build up just like Mercari did. Mercari, I don't know how many millions of dollars they gave up, right? And now they're a commonplace name. When they first showed up on the scene, they were known as a Japanese marketplace mm-hmm. that showed up in America. Mm-hmm. And there were only a few sellers. I remember selling on Mercari when it first came out. And I I did a lot of it because there were no fees. And, and the shipping was easy like it is on Posh. Yeah. But once the fees kicked in and there, I realized that there were less buyers on Mercari, I stopped using Mercari, yep. right? Because it wasn't to my advantage. Well, and that makes sense for building a database or building like your customer base, but that's not 
with the shipping, like for instance, think back to our conversation with Latin Pickers, right? And we talked about how oh, businesses yeah. selling books are able to sell. Well, when they're selling bulk, if they're selling more than, if you can, if you can promise the USPS, we'll ship at least a thousand units through USPS every month. They'll give you a deal that's like incredible. Like you're only paying like twenty percent of what an average person coming in paying one thing because they want it to go through them and not through UPS or FedEx mm-hmm. or somebody else, right? So it's the same thing. So basically, think of how many hundreds of thousands of items get sent through Poshmark. So Poshmark can sit down and tell the USPS, "We will ship exclusively through you if you give us this deal." Yeah. Or FedEx will give us this deal, right? So that's the negotiating power. So they're not actually losing money. They're just not, I don't think they're making money on shipping the way I believe eBay is probably making money on shipping. Possible. I mean, I will say we will know probably in a year or two if Poshmark's rates go up, right? If their their fees go up, if their shipping costs go up, if they change their shipping, it means that they were just attempting to, you know, build up their marketplace by losing money. It, it could be that, but it, it, it might not be too, because it might be that the whatever deal they got, re, they're, they're going to have to renegotiate deals with the USPS on a regular basis. So whatever deal they get, I just, I do think companies will lose money at the beginning, but they're not losing money. I don't think Poshmark is like losing money on shipping. I just know from us, like, because of like the deals that I've given you, I mean, how cheap was it when you shipped oh, that big, yeah. big items, right? Yeah. And that's a company that's shipping probably 10% of the volume that Poshmark ships. So imagine the deal that Poshmark gets. So there is. So if you can ship in bulk, if you can negotiate deals, and when you've got that kind of buying power, companies want you to exclusively ship through them. And I just think eBay, and I'd love to see the numbers, but I bet eBay has a negotiated deal with USPS that is Far lower than the deal they give to us. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I you know, we'll play this clip later on because I do believe that Poshmark fees on shipping will go up, and they'll go up at a at a rate that a lot of people will go. Yeah. All right. What's your timeline? What's your timeline for us to play that? Ooh, let's give it. Let's give it a year. All right. So if in a year from now it's the same shipping cost, you got to take me out to dinner. Okay, and we'll play this and we'll show how Orlando was wrong. Yep. I'm good with that. Boom. I'm always good Bing, with that. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> All right. Okay, hey, so let's let's <laughs> let's get back to Poshfest. So three things came out of Poshfest. And again, we weren't there. Kind of wish I went, even though I kind of haven't done Poshmark in a while. I still have my Poshmark store and I haven't built it at all. And you're still doing Poshmark, right? Yep. yep. Okay. So three things. Uh, the first one was they're now doing... They call the private fields to manage inventory similar to custom SKU labels for eBay. That's nice. Right? So you know what I'm not hearing though? Is everybody going, oh, you're just copying eBay. Right? Because as soon as eBay started doing send offers, everybody would go, hey, you're just copying Poshmark. No, I don't think people are saying, ooh, you're just copying Poshmark. The point we were trying to make, and I think people oh, said no, is, people this are- isn't, well, this isn't innovative. Like this, like Poshmark did it and that was innovative, right? Like eBay is doing something that that that's part of I the... I think this is innovative. I, I mean, think about it. No, Poshmark didn't have it for a long time. Mercari didn't have... It still doesn't have it, right? I mean, Amazon, if you have it in their warehouse, right, you can... You know where stuff is. I guess you know where stuff is at. But not when you have it back in your place. I guess innovative isn't the right word. But, but look at these numbers. eBay is a $32 billion company <laughs> taking an idea from a $150 million company. It makes sense that Poshmark would would try to have their their market 
their platform be as good as the biggest one in the business. So shouldn't eBay kind of be doing the same with Amazon? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. No, but I'm saying that they're two different things. Like Poshmark is closer to eBay than eBay is to Amazon. Okay. But again, I always, I want I wish we had the, we had the numbers more as to marketplace. You know what I mean? Like, so that number for Amazon includes like the, the data storage for the Pentagon. It includes, you know, all their other services that they offer. It includes, it includes Whole Foods. It includes who knows what else Amazon has. You know what I mean? Like we, that again, but I still think Amazon is far larger than eBay, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like that number sounds astronomical, but it doesn't, it's not the real numbers. All right. But, but, and that's exactly the thing is they're, they're playing a different game than eBay is. So when eBay is like, like if eBay were to be like, now we're going to have like video streaming. Like it just doesn't make sense. Right. Cause that's not what they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so no, that's agreed. the point I make. And I hope so, they, they don't do that. Exactly. And so when they try and do certain things like Amazon and like compare themselves, like we're not like Amazon, it's like, yeah, but Amazon <laughs> okay. is a different, it's just different. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's so different. Like stop comparing yourself to them. Yeah. It's just different. Okay. The second thing is, uh, so you can get sales reports now off the app, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've had Seller Hub on eBay and we can tell, you know, our inventory, how much things sold for. So that's nice. And the last one, I think this is this is what's setting Poshmark apart from everybody else is that they're now doing, I guess, Posh stories, like it, like kind of like Instagram. And you could tag nice. the items in the stories. Nice. So I, you know, I looked at, at Posh's report and they and they've always been very big on the social. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely believe social is going to be the next wave of e-commerce. I think so too. I just, I don't know. It, to me, it just, it sounds like more to do. If, like if, if you want to, you, if you want to do Poshmark, you have to do Poshmark. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not like you could just put it on the side. But imagine, imagine though, and I just think like, okay, imagine when social media first came out five, 10 years ago mm-hmm. and people were saying things like, you know, you've got to get on social media. Like this is the future of business. And people be like, oh, right. Like, I don't know if that's the future of business. Like we've always done it this way. And I think what Poshmark is trying to do by combining the social media and the reselling aspect, and I don't know if it's there yet, but I think, I think like any new field, like it starts, imagine if they create an ecosystem where people are on Poshmark consistently and they're doing stuff and it's not just selling and buying, but like People are talking about apparel and it becomes a social media platform that is being used regularly because even eBay made the comment with their, um, and I talked to one of their VPs who's planning on starting this program where they have like that blog thing where like, if you're into comic books, you can click on it and there's oh, content creators yeah. and all that. And cause they're, the point they said is we want people to be on eBay, even if they're not buying yeah, stuff attention. to get their news from it, to get their videos, to get stuff. And so if Poshmark is doing that and they're creating a social media platform that is the reselling social media platform, that's pretty interesting. Well, I think that's that's what they're arguing. I mean, so we'll put this link. We keep putting links in our in our descriptions, but so they actually they broke it down, like how much people spend each day on. I, I guess this is related. They took some survey. Somehow they got this research data, and so they found you know people are on Facebook about twenty seven minutes a day. Are you on Facebook 27 minutes a day? No. No, I'm not either. Uh, people are on Snapchat 27 minutes a day. Are you on Snapchat 27 minutes a day? No. You know, but we're not the, we are not the typical Poshmark buyer. Right, right. Right. That's just not, I don't, I don't look for someone Poshmark. And then on Instagram, 28 minutes per day. That I can say easily. 
but that those that are on Poshmark are on Poshmark 23 to 27 minutes a day, right? So they're saying, hey, we get as much attention from Poshmark buyers on Poshmark as the other social media platforms. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense to combine the two, right? Now, it'd be nice. I was thinking outside the box. It'd be really nice if somehow all these marketplaces, eBay, Amazon, everybody could integrate with your social media right now. Obviously Facebook isn't going to do that because they have Facebook marketplace, which I'm still wondering why Facebook marketplace hasn't destroyed everybody because they have the most viewers, the most attention, right? They have shipping now, but it's just, I don't see it. Well, part of it is, is I think the generations that are using it. And I think social media is this pretty crazy. um, It's an evolving process. Cause I think, I remember when I graduated high school, MySpace had only been out for like a year or two. And in my graduation, not my graduation speech, but the graduation speech that the valedictorian gave, he made this comment. He said, everybody says they're going to stay in touch with their high school friends and and they're going to like keep these memories and all this stuff. And he goes, and, it, and it's almost never really happened in the history, but our generation for the first time, it's true because of MySpace, right? And, it's, <laughs> and at that time, it yeah, was like yeah. MySpace was this thing. And then MySpace quickly was overtaken by Facebook. MySpace did a lot of things right, but it it just Ooh, the it was templates, rough. The background templates. It was it was Ooh. rough. It was it was a rough system. Yeah. But it was good for what it was. It was innovative. It was new. And then somebody else came along, Facebook, and they said, "Hey, we can do what you're doing and take certain elements and and these other elements that you're not doing, we can do it better." And then Twitter comes along and it's doing something a little bit different. And then Instagram, which is part of Facebook. Is I mean, you think about it, it's the same company, but they're hitting two different markets and it's mm-hmm. a younger market moving to Instagram. And now you got TikTok and TikTok and Snapchat, which is an even younger market. And it's this evolving thing. So the people who are on Facebook aren't always the same people who are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. The people on Instagram aren't the same people who are on Snapchat and, and TikTok. And so what I think is probably going to happen with Poshmark, I, I love Poshmark. I think it's great, but I think it's like MySpace. And so Poshmark is either going to keep changing and growing or they're going to get locked into something. And it looks like they're trying to change and grow. But if they get locked into here's how reselling social media looks like, then eventually the Facebook of reselling is going to come around. And then the Instagram version of reselling is going to come around. And Poshmark is going to be left in the dust and people will be talking about. Remember when Poshmark did? But it looks like by doing stories, who knows? This might not be the noodle that sticks, right? Like you're just throwing stuff against the wall. You're like hoping something sticks. Which I appreciate that. I, I love the innovation of, yeah, let's just see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then we'll figure something else out. But you know, to me, I, I, I've always, this has been always my complaint about Poshmark. It's a, it's a lot of extra work besides the buying and selling, yep. right? I mean, even my, my bot died. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, it wouldn't share like it used to, like it just stopped. Mm. Right. And obviously because Poshmark figured things out and they're like, okay, no more. And, and so you got to share. And now if you got to do stories now, what it's doing is you're building your own brand yep. on Poshmark, right? Yep. Your followers and. Correct. So it's even more important. It's not like you're just following people and people are following you. Now, if I truly believe if you want to be a top seller on Poshmark, you may have to build your brand to, you know, and they had mentioned that in some of their other data that one out of four people on that buy on Poshmark are repeat buyers. Right. And I could say on eBay, that's not the case at all. Mm. Right. I mean, how many repeat buyers do we get? It's not very, at least not in where I, I think people that sell new items, I know a lot of people that sell to the same people all the time. And I think here's part of the problem with with a lot of resellers, maybe you included, 
is you're looking oh, over 80%, sorry, over 80% of daily shoppers are repeat buyers on Poshmark. Wow. So maybe part of the problem is you or other people might be looking at Poshmark as, as eBay, right? Like I have to do things differently than I have to do it on eBay and I don't see the value in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, and, and I get like right now, like the amount of sharing and all of that is so different, but I just think we're on the cusp of new technology and new, a new customer base. And I, I'm, I just imagine it was like when internet first came out in websites and people would say like, hey, like ads in newspapers, like aren't going to do it anymore for your, your business, or your local like yellow pages, like you're going to need to make a website. And there were probably a lot of people like, that's just a lot of work and we're just not getting a lot of return from it yet. Right. And then same thing. Once it's like social media, it's like, well, I already have a website. Why do I need to have like an Instagram and a Facebook? Like mm-hmm. that just seems like a lot of work for not getting a lot of extra people coming into my my bar, or coming into my restaurant or coming into whatever. But it was the businesses who did and put that in and figured out how to make it work that ended up getting the new crowd because Generation Z is very different than even the millennials. And so I think of eBay, I hope and I, I pray and I, I'm pl- like begging them to like find a way to bring in Generation Z because if they don't, it's going to be another platform that does. And then, yeah, we're going to have to be like those old timers that's like, man, I don't really understand this like social media reselling stuff. Like what happened to the good old days? Well, those good old days might be going away, but there's a new golden era coming in and we got to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The, the only the reservation I have about that, and not reservation, it's reselling doesn't change as far as it's ultimately always going to be buy low, sell high. Yeah. No matter what. So yeah, all this social media stuff might come about, but if you're not buying low and selling high, you're just not going to make money. And so you really got to be careful as far as your sourcing. I know this is common sense, but I think you can get caught up. And I, I, I can tell you, like doing the Instagram for the podcast, right? Or doing whatever, even recording our podcast right now, it takes away from money that we can be making, right? And so, so on Poshmark, you know, if you love the social aspect of it, you can get really lost in the social aspect and you're not making sales, you're not making money. And, you know, it's very key that you do that. Now, if you're building a brand and maybe you go private label, I don't know, maybe this is an avenue, right? So these are all things to think about. I really do appreciate the innovation. You know, I the other things I wanted to share about is like, I'm impressed about their sneaker sales going up, right? Their sneaker sales have, you know, they've used certain personalities to push things. And so, you know, they reported in this last year, they had 123% increase in the Under Armour shoes, 86% on, on Adidas and 87% on Nike, right? And so I look at, you know, resellers like Renzi now who are are big on, on Instagram and they have about 20,000 followers. They are doing really well and they don't touch eBay, right? It's Poshmark, it's Mercari, it's StockX, Go, all those different platforms. And so... You know, that's why I'm saying I may be reconsidering, you know, what I sell. The again, you just gotta make sure that the cost benefit is there. If if you're just selling on another platform to get one or two sales and it requires just as much lifting as selling on the one platform, then that's kind of tough. If it requires less listing and you could maybe automate it better, it may be worth it to you. Yep. So just things to think about. But uh, you know. I'm, I was kind of encouraged because what Poshmark is doing is definitely different. And uh, we'll just we'll just see what happens. I'm just old school. That's all. Yeah. And I think going back to that idea is I think that's right. I think you might for some people, if you're trying to just move 
the amount of money you're making on eBay or on Amazon over to something like Poshmark, Mercari, or these newer platforms and do it the same way, you might not get the same return on investment eventually, uh, initially. But I think the hard part is you're trying to hedge your bets of where's the future going to be. Well, it's like us on social media, yeah. right? We're on TikTok now, hedging our bets that it's possible that TikTok may be another major social media platform. We didn't do Snap because it just it took a lot of work to go on Snap. Uh, we still do Twitter, even though Twitter has been around for a long time. But Twitter is still a major force in social media, right? And so it's kind of the same thing here with we got to figure this out with each of these marketplaces. You know, it doesn't hurt to still, you know. Yeah. Put your toes in the water. Dabble a little bit. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I, I wasn't being rude and texting somebody while Orlando was talking. I was setting okay. a, a reminder one year from now uh, to look back to episode 83 and check the Poshmark shipping prices. So okay, we want to make sure that that actually happens. All right. There we go. Cool. Anything else about Poshmark? Uh, I think that's that pretty much covers uh, Poshmark. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I may, I may go back before quarter one. You know, I may bag. It depends. I may get my helper to do all the cross posting. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Yep. Or sharing. Or, sh- or sharing. See, that's what I mean. It's like, and then, oh, or do my IG stories for me. You know, like, it just things you got to, not IG stories, posh stories. Yeah. So just things to think about. All right. Hey, a couple more things. Uh, So, you know, Amazon, I, I got to tell you, Amazon is such a juggernaut. I, I always say that Amazon can do what it wants. Yep. And it keeps doing what it wants. But there's some crazy stories that have been out for a little bit that I just wanted to share. Uh, there's two of them. Uh, there was one where uh, former employees at Amazon had shared that the company was using third-party seller data to come up with their own private label. And I'm like, wow. Like, And I've shared this before. Amazon can do what it wants, yep. right? And it's not any different than you, you know, let's say you're starting a company and you find a product from your competitor and you reverse engineer it. Yep. What well, I mean, it is a little different. In a, little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Well, okay, part of the a lot reason, different. Well, but I mean, there is some similarities there, but I think part of the difference is Amazon is, I don't want to say the evil genius, but they're the evil genius, right? Like, they bring everybody in. Yeah. Everybody does all the legwork. We've talked about this in the past of like one of the reasons why they're going to keep third-party sellers at least to an extent is because they're not paying all of the they're not paying all the deferred wages, right? They're not paying for for their medical insurance. They're not paying for this. They're not paying for that. They're not paying for the time, the gas, and all of this stuff that people are sending stuff. Do you in. know, eBay offered healthcare at one point, really years ago. Yeah, I have a video clip. Maybe I'll post it on on Insta sometime. Uh, hey, real quick, if you have not been following us on social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We're also Pure Soul Cast on Twitter. If you're listening to the podcast and you know you want to check out, we're going to be dropping some YouTube stuff here in the near future outside of our PHP clips that are being dropped now that are little excerpts. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell notification so you get notified. You can always give us a call. Leave a voicemail. 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purosapodcast at gmail.com. That's purosapodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to say thank you in a monetary way and thank you all for your donations, we really appreciate it. There's a PayPal link at the bottom. And I think I covered all that. So with all that being said, sometimes we drop stuff on Instagram that we don't talk about in the podcast, which may be beneficial or something to think about or something to celebrate. So one of the things is, uh, you know, I wanted to share, you know, what I was just discussing. So 
Yeah. All right. So what, <laughs> what I was saying was, yeah. um, you know, it, they're they're an evil genius in the sense that part of their an platform, part of their platform, yeah, is it's not just the items they sell, but they're an information company, right? It's data. Data is the most valuable thing. Like in our in our day and age, there is nothing more valuable mm-hmm. than data information. That's it, hundred percent. That every good company knows that, and. In a lot of ways, companies like Google, companies like YouTube, companies like um, Apple, companies like Amazon, what they're really doing is they're figuring out data that can be capitalized on. How can they make money out of this? How can they figure out? And so when you're selling on their platform, you've basically come groveling to the feet of Amazon saying, I want to make a lot of money by selling this product that I would never be able to sell without your platform. Maybe I could set up a booth at like a at a, a swap meet and sell this private label yoga pants that I'm I'm doing or whatever it is, right? Or I can try and sell them on eBay, but it's it's we just saw that it's such a smaller portion of the market. Please let me sell them on your platform. And you sell them on their platform and then they say, sure, you know, you make twenty, thirty thousand dollars on it in a couple of months. And they're like, wow, that that brand is really good that they're selling. Um, we're gonna start selling it, right? And is that messed up? Well, maybe, but they also were the ones that let you try it out on their platform. And if it doesn't work, they didn't lose any money off it. Mm -hmm. And if it works, they're like, oh, these items sell. Oh, these vendors are good. And so basically when you're selling on Amazon, you're kind of making a deal with the devil. You're saying, hey, I want to make money, but also I'm giving you all of the information that is the most valuable part of this, whether or not items sell or don't sell, um, which items I'm using. I'm giving you all of that information just for the rights to be able to sell on your platform. And what you're sharing and what you're saying, you know, I agree with you. And that's only the tip of the iceberg what Amazon does. I mean, we haven't gone into the whole, you know, if you have a private label that they like, they eventually try to buy your trademark from you. And two years later, you know, anyways, there, there's just so much. And so that's kind of why I've, I've stayed out of the private label game hmm. because it's, it's intent. Now, some of you, uh, let us know in the comments, what are your thoughts on this? Really interested because, I'm willing to, I guess, make the deal with the devil for retail arbitrage. As far as private label, it's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. I mean, it could be super. You're I taking don't, all of the risk and they potentially can get all of the benefit. But correct. you're still going to get some benefit along the way if it works. For a while. Yeah, if it works. For a while. Now, the other thing that was also out there was that I guess now that SEC is looking into it, uh, the idea that they have manipulated the algorithm to push their products at the top of the search, which that is, people are saying it's a monopoly that it breaks, you know, it's antitrust legislation and so on. I don't know. I mean, is Amazon in the wrong for doing that? Then I, I, I'm such a, I'm such a capitalist. I kind of go where it's their sandbox. They can do what they want. I, I, I'm a big proponent of if they have very, um, specific regulations or or not regulations, if they have specific um, policies in place that everybody agrees to, and if part of those policies are they can change shipping, they can like... Well, usually they probably fine. have... So it's kind of when I was an administrator, our policy handbook always said the administration can at any time update this policy handbook without notification. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, that's pretty much every single... Every well, single school, every single business has something to the effect that these changes changes can be made without prior notification. Well, without prior notification, but once it happens, you have to notify them that you're under new rules. Like there's always policy updates. You just click the little button. I mean, yeah, yeah, in reality, yeah. people just say like, oh, there's new policy. Yeah, agree, agree, agree. Oh, yeah, whenever services. you sign, yeah, right. You scroll through everything, you hit the agree. Yeah, but 
but the companies, the people who are like really concerned about this stuff, I say, as long as they're not violating the policies that are, are public and people know, yeah, it's, it's, it's their world and people, it's their sandbox. And if people say like, Hey, we don't think this is fair, then don't sell on Amazon. Yeah. Well, and that's the reason we bring this up. It's not, we're not trying to like the anti-Amazon show. I'm, I'm very much make a lot of money on Amazon. It's just things to think about, right? Whether you're thinking about doing Amazon, whether you are doing Amazon or you just were unaware of these things, like this may be the reason certain things are happening. Yep. Right. So I don't know. I just, I look at this and I go, though, I mean, there, there have been some YouTube videos on Amazon about some of this stuff. I mean, on, yeah, about Amazon on YouTube, but you know, I always say the promoted listings fiasco pales in comparison to what Amazon is doing on a huge scale that ultimately isn't there's some accountability, but there isn't much. Yep. So, all right. And I just wanted to share one more thing. And I was talking about this with the eBay global shipping. So I get this notification from somebody in Germany and I had sold this item and the person goes, wow, $148 international priority. Is that right? And the item literally weighs two pounds and it's probably about five inches like big. It's, it's like small, right? And I'm like, what? $148? Like what's going on eBay global shipping? Like what? This is crazy. Well, I go... And so since I do flat rate or I do, you know, you do your business policies. Well, domestic, on the domestic side, it was first class paid. Mm. And so they just had to pay $4. But I didn't change the measurements that I use to sell similar from something else. Uh. So the, the measurements was like 24 by 18 by 24, 10 pounds. Uh. You know what I'm saying? So on the domestic side, those measurements didn't, didn't matter. matter. And I'm sure this is, I know this was discussed months ago and... I just didn't talk about it, but I didn't worry about it. And I have a ton of flat rate shipping, so it's not a big deal to me. So I went, I go, let me take a look. And I adjusted it and I sent them a lower offer by like $5 and they accepted and the sale happened. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the reason I was having trouble with eBay GSP was... Your measurements were wrong? Measurements were wrong because I didn't care because it was all flat rate. Right. Right. And I know this was discussed. We just didn't go in depth about it. So... Maybe that's happening to you, or maybe it's just Orlando in this in this you know lonely world of e-commerce that Orlando yeah. lives in. Hey. But if it's you, check it. That may be why. And so now I'm having more global shipping sales, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. So I just cool. thought I'd share that. It's good stuff. One last thing before we uh, move on to bolos, though, I uh, just looked up just because not I'm kind of nerding out over this stuff right now. So we were talking about the market value of Amazon being 860 billion, yeah. which some of that is true. It's, it's streaming, it's audiobooks, it's other things. Um, Walmart is 336 billion. Yeah. So Amazon is already like two and a half times the, mm -hmm. the value of Walmart. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's why Amazon, that's why Walmart's losing money to catch up. Yeah. Right? Losing that billion, which in the end doesn't mean a lot to Walmart. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Which brings us to our next segment. Bolos. Let's play that one more time. Yeah. Oh, you want to play it again? One more time. All right. Yeah. You made it happen. I loved it. 
What do you guys think? Would that work? <laughs> yeah. Part of our soundboard for our, our intros, we got to have one for Bolo. We had uh, the, the guy who called in and gave us multiple Bolo soundboard. California Supreme Vintage. Yeah. Straight up, man. We appreciate all of your phone calls. So now you're a part of the show. Yeah. Officially. So if anybody else wants to send us in some uh, some sound clips, can't guarantee it'll make it on. But, you know, we've got other segments. Hustles of the Week. We've got uh, what uh, the Quote of the Week. Right? There's some there's some other segments. Orlando's we got. wrong. Yeah, there's going to be a button I could hit that's like, wrong, Orlando. That should just be you. When you get angry, you're like, you're wrong. No, you're just wrong. That, that's yeah. what it should be. Yeah, so. that's, that's my default there. All right, so here we are, Bolos. Uh, what do you got for us? All right. <laughs> so I really didn't think this was going to be a Bolo. It's one of those things that developed over time. So I had two major train hauls. I had one last year, and I... Still haven't listed those, but let's not talk over about that. Over a year? It's been over a year. Oh. It's just because they're super awesome. I just struggle listing them. I'm sure that's not the reason. No, it is the reason. It really is. Like, I really Do like you them. have them? Okay, so no, I don't you have got them set up in your house, no, like where no, they go no. and up on the, on no, the ceiling no, on like a shelving no. unit? No, I don't. I so, think it'd be cool. So you have them I in don't. boxes? Yeah. All right. Okay. But I, I had another haul at estate sale, and these weren't Lionel trains, which my other... My other huge haul is a Lionel train thing. And I dropped about $300 and I bought all kinds of train stuff. And a lot of it was Fleischmann, Mantua. I hope I'm pronouncing these right. And a couple others. Tyco, but Tyco's not that. It's not a bolo. At least I don't think it is. And so a lot of these items that I bought were going for you know, $15, $20, $30. I'm like, Oh, great. Like no one's going to buy these. What do I do? Do I donate these? Do I, and I don't know, do I send them to my helper? And here's one thing I will say. So my helper is phenomenal with clothing. Like she does a phenomenal job. Right. And I kind of just dropped off these trains and I just said, all right. And I, I just said, follow what I do. Well, you know, I always say this and I'm not the one that says this. I'm not going to be a Michael Scott that takes a Wayne Gretzky quote. And then, says, you know, you'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take dash Wayne Gretzky dash Michael Scott, right? <laughs> so I'm not trying to do that right now. Yeah. But, you know, no one will run your business better than you do, right? You've heard that multiple times. Yeah. It's not an Orlando original quote, but it's true. So I, I was very specific on how I took pictures for these train sets and, and my helper tried to do the same, but it wasn't the same, right? So I thought, okay, I could... So I decided that, you know, She's far better at clothing and shoes. And so I'm, I'm going to let her keep running with those because she does such an incredible job. And then when I have time to slow down and actually, you know, spend the time to train on how to do with model sets, I'll do that. So I'm like, okay, I'll do this. But I'm like, is this going to be worth my time? I mean, listing things for $15 and over and over and over again. And I don't even know if they're going to sell. Well, here's what started happening. I did it. And I, I listed, I want to say about 40 to 50 of these items. And I, I would sell these within 24 hours. Boom, 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 boom. You know, a car, a box car or an accessory to the train. It wasn't Lionel. It was Fleischmann. It was Mantua is different. And they're vintage. And even some of these were like the parts were like rusted. They were new, but inside the package, somehow they got rusted. And I've been selling so, you know, I've already probably made, it's not huge, but I've only spent maybe, maybe two hours of time. I've already had probably close to the 300 
dollars I spent on this and I've only touched a quarter of what I bought. Wow. Right. And so I go, okay, well maybe because the economy's really pumping. Cause I find that when the economy's going collectibles, people are more willing to spend on collectibles, right? right? They're not looking for staple items necessarily. And so they have more discretionary income that they can spend. Correct. Correct. And so I'm like, okay, so for now, at this point in time, I would do a second look at trains because, you know, I didn't even share. This is a story I didn't even share because we were busy talking about lowriders and everything else. Uh, but, you know, I went to this other location and they, they've they had, every year I've gone, they've had trains wow. galore, and I never buy them because hmm. I'm like, it's a waste. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back and give it a second look because, yeah, there's not huge money, but if I could crank out, and these are easy, right? So one, same company, same setup, same description, you know, new inbox, complete, some parts may be rusted. Please look at pictures. Like, I don't have to change that. It's the same thing for each one. Yeah. And so if I could crank out, you know, 20 listings in two hours and we're talking about what's 20, you know. 20 times 15, I don't know, do the math there. 300. $300, right? I mean, it's not huge, but it, it two things it'll do. It'll, one, it'll keep your consistent sales. So algorithm going. Triggers the algorithm. And the other thing, it's once I sell these, the chances of return have been zero. Mm. And actually, that part that I talked about, the global shipping, it was a thing I wasn't going to list. It was, a, it was an engine switch or something. It was a little locomotive. And I listed it for $50 and within 24 hours, somebody in Germany bought it Nice, and they paid the shipping on it. So just take a second look, uh, you know, cause you never know there may be, and don't think it has to be big dollar items. Maybe these could be smaller dollar items that you could put in your store as kind of like the loss leaders. Yep. That's good. Um, that's good stuff. And I think too, that just goes back to the, any, anything that's a hobby, um, it takes a lot of learning. Learn to know what what it is mm-hmm. inside that hobby that sells and it's a new niche to break into. Uh, but trains are one of those hobbies that have been, it's a tried and true. It's not going anywhere. There's always going to be, you know, train enthusiasts. And so spend a little bit of time. I bet you within like five hours of watching YouTube videos and reading articles, you'd probably be like, 80% of an expert, not an expert, but like enough to like go out and buy and be like, oh, I've heard of that brand or oh, these things mm-hmm. are good or these just put in the time that that's a good one. I think trains is is one I see often at, at garage sales and just don't know enough about and it might be worth taking the time to learn. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's good. So before we started this, I actually talked about doing um, uh, doing bookshelf speakers as my bolo, uh, which I'll have to, I'll actually probably use another time, but I thought about something because you were talking about trains as a hobby and I was thinking of um, hobbies that I'm into. And I've talked before about like different nerdy board games and and miniatures for different games. But right now, and I think Stranger Things was a big part of it, uh, the TV series on Netflix. But role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, those types of role-playing games are huge. It's it, They're huge making a money. comeback. And it, new stuff like Target has like, they've got like a starter set. There's actually even like a Stranger Things set that just recently came out. There are so many like Dungeons and Dragons and role playing stuff. And there's like this new push for that. And so if you can find old vintage stuff, that's great. In fact, this is how big it's getting. I was on Instagram and I almost never watched like people's stories on like my personal Instagram, whereas like sometimes you get advertisements. But the, I saw this advertisement that caught my attention. I just watched the whole thing and I was like, wait, this can't be right. Wendy's, the, the fast food restaurant, Wendy's. Okay, where are you going with this? Had this epic commercial of like, basically like Dungeons and Dragons type okay, like yeah, yeah. books and all. And I'm like, this is so weird. 
they started an RPG. Wendy's, the fast food company, started, and it's a 96-page book that you can get, a tabletop RPG, and like you're like fighting the evil overlord McDonald's in this beef world. And like it, it's it's legit epic style. And I'm like, if fast food companies, if it's been if it's if Dungeons and Dragons has gone so mainstream that fast food companies are using it for marketing, that means we are at the brink of like a new wave of Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of RPG stuff being big. And so if you can find vintage when when a new generation comes in. They're going to buy the new stuff, of course, but there is this like obsession with the old and the vintage. And so if you can get your hands on old quests, old uh, Dungeons and Dragons, anything, you are going to be walking into money. So did we, did you just, so is this RPG, is this tabletop game something you can buy? Um, I think you have to um, like print it, like it's a PDF version. But it's a fully full fledged okay, game. Okay, so with we rules. didn't just like kill a major bolo. I don't think so. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm looking. I just when he said that, I'm fascinated with it. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Feast of Legends. Feast of yeah, that's what it's called. Feast of Legends. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I shouldn't be like epic music playing in the background. Feast of Legends. And I'm just trying to go like, how do I get my hands on that? So, I know, right? I think you have to print it. It's a free PDF you can print. But if if it if it takes off good, oh, I'm here sure. You go. So I'm clicking on the link right now and it says you can get everything you need right here. Oh, I clicked on, on some spammy page. Okay, never yeah, don't mind. Don't do that. We'll look at it later. But uh, Feast of Legends. Yeah. I'm interested now. That's not the bolo. That's not the bolo. But yeah, any kind of vintage or even new, like, and I hope I didn't give away a bolo there, but I, I saw a, I'm pretty sure Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition version of like Stranger Things and it had like the Stranger Things. No, I saw that. It's not, I didn't see it as a bolo, but maybe it is now. But yeah. when I last researched it. Yeah, I don't think it is a bolo, but that just goes to say, like, hey, it's it's big right now. It's a it's it's kids are playing it at my school that I'm at. There's a Dungeons and Dragons club that has a bunch of kids that come. So, you know, if you can get your hands on it, if, if the younger Even generation the old is getting ones, into it. I don't know if you some of you that listen to us listen to Scavenger Life, but they came across like handwritten, like Dungeons and, da- Dungeons and Dragons manuals from back nice. in the day. That's amazing. Like a box full and they made a killing on it. Mm. So yeah, definitely keep an eye. I've, I can tell you, I have one time I picked up two Dungeons and Dragons magazines at a garage sale. And this was like, there were magazines from, I think like early 2000s. I don't know what it was. I paid, no, it wasn't at a garage sale. It was at, at the store that shall not be named. <sighs> I almost said it. And it in, they in, I paid like eight dollars and they instantly each sold for forty bucks, no problem. Nice. So yeah, and it wasn't even my thing. Like yep. I just knew that D and D like sells, and I picked it up. It's good so, stuff. That's a good bolo. Cool. Appreciate your bolo. Better than the other one. Yeah. So and so that that ends our bolo. It kind of has a Stranger yeah. Things feeling to it. The sound. No. Yeah, it does. No. Yeah, a little, Stranger little. Things is eighty cent. That's yeah. like trap. Like dubstep. I don't know. I heard, you just I, don't know your genres. Okay, maybe. Am I am I wrong? Again? You're wrong. Okay, you're you're wrong, Orlando. Okay, go to like 80 synth and that stranger. I will tell you, being an administrator, like I was wrong so much. Everybody thought I was wrong. Like I don't even care. <laughs> like it doesn't even phase me. I'm like, so what? I could be wrong. It's all right. I yeah. learned, yeah. but I wasn't wrong. All right, so moving. We're definitely on. wrong now. So moving on. Hey, so what are you looking forward to? So. Uh, now that my my wife will be home more, one of the hard things is before my wife was home, we wanted to spend every moment we could with our son uh, because he spent so much time at grandma's house because she was the one that would babysit him. 
And so it was always hard to to give up a weekend with him or to give up time during a weekend with him. And, you know, part of that too was we didn't want to put that on grandma all the time. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we know you watched him all week long, but can you watch him for a couple hours on Saturday? But now she's not going to have him all week long. She's going to be dying to have him. And so my wife and I are planning, there's like two rummage sales that we want to go to and we're going to go together. Huh. And we've only sourced together a couple of times at like garage sales and rummage sales. And both times my son was with us and it, you know what it's like to have a two-year-old with you grabbing everything and it's like you can't focus. And so I'm really excited to like go sourcing with my wife because it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some rummage sales uh, with the wifey. Nice. Mine is not as exciting. No. I'm just looking more at inventory. More, more, no, more FBA shipments. Just in the sense Hey, of money's good. Now that I have all these new tools, I, I'm really ex- excited about using these new tools. I mean, it, it's numbers, you know, what the Amazon seller app doesn't do, it doesn't, it gives you a breakdown of numbers, but it doesn't give you a breakdown, right? These scanning tools give you a better breakdown. Inventory Lab gives you a better breakdown, right? And that's part of why you pay these fees. And so I'm just excited about that. Uh, I'm, you know, my helper, I dropped off a ton of inventory. And so she's, you know, taking care of that on eBay. And so it's going to be again, where I'm probably going to source maybe once or twice a week at the most uh, when it comes to eBay and the rest of the time is going to be just kicking into Amazon over and over and over again. I like it. So I'm looking forward to that. I know that doesn't sound as exciting, but you know, I'm kind of feeling the the chase and I'm looking forward. I know we talk about the chase. Actually this time last year we were chasing. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. But we're not. And I think part of it is my strategy has changed that I'm not going to be going after the hot bolos. I'm going after the consistent sellers yeah. because I want to make that consistent money not the high risk money, which could be good, but then it could be really bad. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. I like it. So, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Another longer episode, but we appreciate all of you. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace. Peace.